Good morning, 
Living Hope. We're going to get started here. Oh, I got a hand clap. We're going to get started here. If you want to make your way back to your seats safely and in an orderly fashion. And I'll tell you what, as you make your way back to your seats, you can go ahead and stand if you are able. If you are able, we'll go ahead and get started this morning. As you're standing today, we're going to be coming out of the Old Testament book of Exodus. And we're going to be starting at chapter 2. Old Testament book of Exodus. Beginning at, in chapter 2 and starting at verse 1. At verse 1. So it's good to see everyone here this morning. Got some youth in here with us this morning. Always good to have the youth with us. And I think we're going to have a good time this morning. All right. So. Oh, Pastor and Sister Valerie, they are here, they are here, but they're in the back with the, with the, this is home brunch today, so they won't be joining us, but I just want to take this opportunity to give honor to Pastor and to Sister Valerie for once again allowing me to stand before you and uh, speak to you this morning. So, again, Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, so the Bible says, and there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. Verse 3, and when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him verse 5 and the daughter of pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside and when she saw the ark among the flags she sent her maid to fetch it and when she had opened it she saw the child and behold the babe wept and she had compassion on him and said this is one of the hebrews children then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that they may nurse the child, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Finally, verse 10 the Bible says, and the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Now, for the time that is ours to share this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts on the topic, no longer slaves. No longer slaves. So before you see it today, let's, uh, let's lift a hand, two if you got them, and let's pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity today, Lord God, right now in this place. We just want to hear from you, Lord Jesus. We want to we hear your word and let it be confirmed in our hearts, Lord God. We know that you set aside this time specifically because you've got a message specifically curtailed and designed for this people that's gathered here, Lord. I pray that you would help me, Lord God, to uh, convey clearly, Lord Jesus, the message which you have given to me, the word which you've given to me. Help me, Lord God, to speak it the way you gave it to me, Lord God. And I pray that the people have ears to hear and receive your word in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a walk through the scriptures and exploring the God of deliverance. And so we're going to be following the lives of the children of Israel as they navigate 430 years of slavery at the, at the hands of, of Pharaoh as they wake, make their way into the promised land of God under the direction of Brother Moses. All right, So that's what we're going to be doing for the next. <laughs> and uh, Moses raised his hand back there. Not that Moses. Uh, but he's got some good stuff, too. You can listen. To him. He's got some good uh, nuggets of wisdom, too. Uh, but we're going to be looking at Moses of the Old Testament. So again, today we're going to be talking about uh, the no longer slaves, the thought of no longer being a slave. So to be enslaved is to be, and you know this, to be in bondage, right, to uh, be held captive. And as Christians, you know, we are followers of Christ. We know this. We, we love the word of God. And, and because of that, we should know, we should have a confidence that, that we can indeed uh, live lives free from the bondage of sin. Right? We can live lives free from the captivity of our flesh. Sometimes we forget that because we, we, we begin to, to believe uh, the lies of the world or even popular opinion. Those people around us, the things they say to us, the, the conversations we have with people, we, we lose the confidence, the hope that I don't have to be in bondage to sin. I don't have to be held captive right, to my flesh, to my carnal desires. Right. We have that. We don't have the hope because we've allowed things to, to sneak in and, 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 and counter what we know to be the promises of God and the promises we found in the word. The promises that we believed once upon a time that brought us to the house of the Lord. See, I'm confident that, you know, everyone in this building knew that at one point or one time because you're here this morning. If you didn't believe or, or think that you could live free from the bondage of sin, you wouldn't be here. I don't know how long you thought about it or how long it you, you, you took you to wrap your mind about it, but at some time you were able to parse through all the confusion. You were able to parse through all the distractions and and, and the word of God became real to you. The promises of God were evident to you. And you said, yeah, I, I can do this. And we'll talk about it a little later, not on my own, but, but with the help of the Lord. See, we can live free from the lust of flesh and the lust of the, our eyes and, the, and the, the pride of life. However, if we allow the devil's uh, tricks, right? if we allow the tricks of the devil to deceive us into thinking that we are weak and powerless, there's going to be a little bit of a struggle for us. We at times can allow ourselves to remain in spiritual slavery and captivity because of the, you know, the room and the space that we give to those naysayers, to those, to those negative thoughts. When we allow the, the trials and the uh, circumstances of life to, to confound us, right, to confound us. But we don't have to, we don't have to stay in that state. And in, in the um, spirit of speaking of uh, captivity and bondage, I want to I share an illustration. And you may or may not have heard this before or be familiar with it. 
and, and I had heard it before, but it had been a long time. All right, but if you consider, if you've ever seen, um, we'll specifically say an elephant, but really a lot of animals are trained like this, but we'll look at an elephant, maybe at the zoo, or maybe if you went to the circus or something, and, and the handler's ability to control an elephant. This mighty animal that in every way, I don't care how, how strong or how big the, the trainer might be, the elephant doesn't have to listen to the trainer. I think we can all agree, I don't care if you know anything about elephants, that the elephant is mightier than the trainer. And if the elephant didn't want to do what the trainer wanted he or she to do, they wouldn't do it. Right? But they are in total submission to that trainer. All right. the, 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 the trainer, they, whatever tricks and whatever routine they go through, is like uh, they, they knock it out of the park. All right. They do exactly what they've been asked to do. And, and something that's amazing is really what happens after the performance. After the performance, the, the trainer, they take the elephant to the back and, and they'll, they'll tie a, a, a rope right, to the ankle of the elephant. And then just tie that rope to maybe a pole or, or a stake and in the ground and the elephant's not going to leave. The elephant's not going to leave that place. Even though like they're mightier than the trainer, they could easily pull away from that stake and, and pull that rope. But they won't. Because from a long time ago, from they were little elephants, what happened was the trainer would tie a very heavy chain to the ankle of the elephant and then attach that to a stake or rope. And so the elephant realized that they couldn't pull away from that. Because when you're a little baby, you're not strong enough to pull away from that. So over a period of time, right, the elephant would stop resisting. The elephant would stop fighting, trying to get away from the bondage of the chain. After a period of time, then what? The trainer can then take away the chain, <laughs> tie a rope to the elephant's ankle. And the elephant doesn't realize that this isn't the heavy chain anymore. This is just a rope. I can walk away from this thing. I can, I can be free. But because it started from such a long time, every time something was attached to its ankle and it never could get away, it doesn't realize that now I can get away. And it doesn't even try anymore. The resistance in the elephant is gone. The fight in the elephant is gone. It's in bondage not because it has to be. It's in bondage because it chooses to be. So are we. So are we. We are just one step away from freedom. We are one step away from escaping the captivity of our mind. Later today in the worship service at some point, maybe it will be at the end of the, of the specific altar call, but maybe it will be in the worship service. There will be an opportunity and, and, and you'll start, b b because I, I know, I don't know the future, but I, I've been in a lot of church services, specifically here at Living Hope, and I, I know that the presence of the Lord is going to be in the house. I know that the glory of the Lord is going to be in the house, that splendor. It's going to be here. There's going to be an opportunity for you to take one step, a singular step, towards your freedom. The chains that bind here in your mind, the thoughts that bind 
They can't keep you from taking that step. But for so long, we're beat down. I talked about it before. Right? The negativity, <laughs> right? the trials, the tribulation, the, the waves right? that beat against you, like that ship that's tossed to and fro in the sea. And somewhere along the line, our hope, our hope for freedom, our hope for salvation, God, seemed so far. What happened to it? Well, we, we just stopped fighting because we got beat down. We got, we got beat up. But we don't have to stay that way. We don't. Every one of us, every one of us today, we have a choice. Right? We have a choice. And if, and if that's you today, I don't know who it is. If that's you today, if you feel today like I just, I, I, I can't escape what's been holding me down. Right? I can't escape what's been bogging me down. I can't escape what's kept me in bondage. I, I want you to know you can. All you got to do is take that first step. If you take that first step and you feel a little bit of resistance, that's okay. That's okay. You just got to take another step. Because if you take that next step, yeah, the tug is still kind of there. That's okay. But, but there's a breaking <laughs> that needs to take place. Uh, the elephant doesn't leave, right, because it got so used to not fighting. It doesn't even test the pulling anymore. So if you take that third step, snap, the chain is broken. And now you're free. But you can't get to the third step unless you take the first step. So this morning, again, I don't, I don't know who it is. But if it's you, you got to take that first step. You got to take the first step this morning. See, the brutal attacks of the enemy are designed to, to wear us down over time. Uh, they're designed to cause us to lose hope. I talked about it. Lose hope and give us, uh, and, and, and so that we would give in to the lie that we, we are not strong enough to resist. And that's only a half truth because we're not strong enough to resist on our own. Right? We're not strong enough to, to resist on our own. The devil wants us to believe that bondage is the only option. Right? That's not the only option. All right? If we, when we have Christ, he's living on the inside of us, he is our strength. We become like that massive elephant, right? And those heavy chains that appear, right? The heavy chains that appear, right? To have us trapped, yeah, they, they become then like weak ropes, right? They become like weak ropes. And every single one of us can make that decision today, right? To be free, it simply requires us to take that one step towards the Savior. We can break away from the fear Right? In our minds that keep us, that keep us enslaved. Right? And I, I, actually, I actually like how one songwriter put it. I believe, I believe they wrote the song when, when they, were in, they were in this moment of, of, of hopelessness. I, I actually feel it was a, I, I don't know their story, but just by, just by the, the lyrics, they, they, they were in a moment of, of desperate, a time of desperation, a season of, of wanting and a season of longing. And, and so uh, they wrote it like this. They said, you, you unravel me right? with, with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from, from who? My enemies. Every enemy, every, every thought till what? Till every fear was gone. Right? Because it, it's the fear that, that keeps us bound. Right? It's the fear that what's going to happen next Right? What's going to happen? What is my tomorrow? Right? But we, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get there. We're, we're stuck. 
Uh, we got to get there. They went on to say, um, from my mother's womb, right, from the very beginning, just like the elephant, right, from a baby is trained to stop fighting, right? But it works the opposite for us because from even for us in our, our mother's room, womb, we have to understand that we were chosen way back then. So they wrote it like this, from my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. It says your love, it flows through my veins. The course here is really what spoke to me. Obviously, as we're talking about um, no longer slaves, says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. They say, I, I'm a child of God. And, and when they wrote that line, it spoke so deeply to them that they wrote it again. I'm no longer a slave to fear. And so many of us this morning, I, I know I feel it, even as I'm speaking to you. Right? Fear has, has got us gripped. Right? It has its grip on us. Right? And you don't have to be a slave to that fear this morning. That thing that says, I don't know what tomorrow looks like, so I just want to sit here for as long as I can. Yeah, yeah you, don't have to be, you don't have to be wrapped up in that. You can understand that God's got greater for you. And we're actually going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at that and search that out in the scripture. So first I say it to you, and then I'm going to show you in the word of God that it's not just something that sounded good to me to say. It's not just something that felt good to say, but, but, but I see it in, in the word of God. I see it in the word of God. And if, if you're here this morning and, and fear is running rampant in, in your mind and, and, through your, and through your thoughts, well, this is exactly where you need to be. You're in the right place at the right time because you needed to hear this this morning. See, God doesn't do anything by accidents. He doesn't make any mistakes. I, I was watching someone the other day, and they, they, you know, we're in a crazy world right now. And they reference, you know, uh, people wanting to change who they are, right? their identity. And, and they say, you know, well, well, sometimes God makes mistakes. And if it wasn't my own phone, I might have thrown it against the wall. But it was my phone, so I didn't throw it against the wall. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it grieved me so. Because I, I wanted to jump through the screen and sit down on the couch beside that person and tell them, no, my God, he don't make no mistakes. He don't make no mistakes. So that I have a confidence. Right? <laughs> if, if it came to pass, that's how he wanted it. Right? It may not look the way we wanted to look or feel the way we wanted to feel, but, but, he, but he meant to do it. He doesn't, he doesn't make any mistakes. So fear says that, oh, it's mistakes, but no, it's no mistakes. So fear has got us enslaved. Right? The Bible tells us, though, in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it's familiar to a lot of us, right? God hasn't given us, right, a spirit of fear. That fear didn't come from God. I don't know where it came from, but it didn't come from God. Because what comes from him is power. Right? It's, it's love. It's a sound mind. The, the right mind that you have, that's what God gave you. The mind to trust that. It may not look the way I want it to look right now, but I know if I get to tomorrow by stepping into tomorrow, it'll be all right. After a while, that's, that's what God gave you. Right? God gave you the mind to understand that he's still working on your behalf. He's still in the freedom making business. All right? Fear, 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 you know, in our mind, in our thoughts, you know, it's not paying, it's not paying rent. It has no rights to habitation. 
We've got to evict that fear. Right? We've got, we've got to evict that fear. The songwriter went on to say, he said, you split the sea so that I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned. See, it was all about the fear. In that moment of desperation, in that, in that moment of, 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 of where's my hope, right? The songwriter knew that it's the fear that's causing me not to be able to see the plan of God. So he said, my fears are drowned in imperfect love. Fears are drowned in perfect love. He knows, he said, you rescued me so I could stand and say, and, and his foundation was, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. This morning, we have to choose. And remember, it is our choice. It is a conscious decision that, that we have to make, right? We have to choose faith over fear. Right? It's not just something you, 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 you have on a T-shirt. You know, it's not just, it's not just a, a album cover and a, a title of a song. It's, it's where you got to put your mind. It's where you got to wake up every morning. Faith over fear. See, if, if, if faith has taken the back seat, we got to switch that. Right? We got to flip that. Right? That's why we're feeling what we're feeling because faith has taken the back seat to, to fear. And that was never intended. See, the, the gifts that God gives, they're good gifts. And remember, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. So wherever we got that from, that's what we need to chuck that. <laughs> All right. We talked about evicting it. We need to get that out so that we can get the good gifts that God gives, the, 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 the power and the, the knowledge of his love and uh, the, the right and sound mind. See, we have to choose faith over fear so that what? So those lies of the enemy, right, and, and, and the naysayers of the world, <laughs> they don't affect us, right? They don't bother us. We can believe that we are overcomers. We can believe that we are victorious. Why? Because we realize that we serve the undefeated one. All right, we serve the undefeated one. I like another songwriter put it like this. In Christ alone, I, I place my trust. And I find my glory in the power of the cross. See, when he started to move out of fear and regain some of that hope, he said, in, in every victory, let it be said of me that my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ the Lord. So at first, when, when fear was the dominant feeling, when fear was the dominant um, um, uh, and popular opinion, it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that in Christ alone, that's where you put your trust. It, it, it's hard to even believe and think about victory. Why? Because we're enslaved. James, when we're in bondage, we, we can't see the victory. We can't see, even if, even if, when, when <laughs> even if you have a physical release date, even if you have a physical release date from prison, from jail, you, you can't see it. It seems so far away. Your release date could be tomorrow. It doesn't matter. It seems like an eternity away. Because you're in bondage. You've been enslaved for so long. So it's hard for you to see the victory, to feel victory, to even um, account for victory. 
But when you're walking in freedom, that's when you can say in every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope, it's, it's in Christ alone. I, I, I put everything in him because I know, first of all, first of all, the reason once, when, when you're walking in freedom, you know that the reason you, you are free is because of Jesus. It's because of him, so you're going to give him the glory. You're going to give him thanks. You're going to live uh, uh, life um, according to uh, how your gratitude for his endless mercy. We'll talk about grace. We'll talk about his unmerited favor in a little bit. But when you know, (laughs) and you know, and you know, and can't nobody shake that feeling that you know that the reason I'm here right now is because of his perfect love in my life. Nothing and no one can shake that. When you, when you have the revelation that the reason that I'm able to, and I, and I just saw right now, I, I saw hands across the room. When you realize that the reason I'm able to lift my hands and acknowledge my Lord and Savior because he spoke into my life. It's because he took time out of his busy schedule, out of his busy day, right, to acknowledge my circumstance. (laughs) There's no lie of the enemy that can put you back in bondage. There's no lie of the enemy that can put you back in slavery. There's no lie of the enemy that can keep you trapped. Because when you have truth, when you have truth, that's, that's all you need. When you, ha- when you understand the power of grace, that's what you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. All right. Um, in our opening text, we're introduced to, to Moses. I got to move. I feel like I got to fog down. But in a good way. In a good way. In our opening text, we are introduced to Moses. We, we read that he was born and, and his mother had to hide him away actually for three months. Uh, there was some, some danger, and we'll look at it here. And then Pharaoh's daughter, she came and, and she drew him out of the water. And the children of Israel have already been enslaved. We, we talked about that. We'd be looking at the God of the deliverance, God of deliverance, and how we'll be following the children of Israel, right, as they navigate this 430 years of, of slavery. But where we find Moses in chapter 2 of, of Exodus, they've already been enslaved by Pharaoh. Right. But with Moses is where we really start to see the evidence of the God of deliverance. Because even with this river, this river that Moses was drawn out of, this river for others meant certain death. This river for others meant, meant certain death. And we, we look at Exodus chapter 1, actually. Exodus chapter 1, verse, verse 22. Pharaoh commanded that all the people to throw the male Hebrew children into the river right, to kill them. So they couldn't grow up and become a part of the family of God and overthrow them and join his enemies and, and come against the, the Egyptians. So in verse 22 it says, and Pharaoh charged all his people saying, every son that is born ye shall cast into the river and every daughter ye shall save alive. So that river right, became salvation for Moses, but for others it, it was death. Right, for others, it was death. But here, for Moses, we start to see the evidence of the God of deliverance. All right, God never intended for his people right, to remain in bondage. He didn't, remain, he didn't intend for the children of Israel to remain in bondage. And he certainly doesn't intend for you and for me to remain in bondage. I already said the proof is right before me. 
if the will of God and the plan of God was for you to remain in bondage, you wouldn't be sitting in this room. The people in this room, you're not, you're not, you're not in bondage. You're not enslaved in your minds because you have enough liberty of thought, right? You have enough liberty of thought and consciousness of mind that, that you woke up, you put on your shoes, and you came to the house of the Lord. So for today, the devil didn't win. You've got hope. Today, the devil didn't win. You've got understanding. Today, the devil didn't win. You've got consciousness of your victory. Today, the devil didn't win. You've got consciousness of the victorious one. And that's why you're seated here today. Even some of you are like, oh, but my mom made me come. No, 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 no. No, my daddy made me come. You're here because you're supposed to be here. You're here because you were intended to be here. You're here because it was part of God's plan for you to be here. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to you. God had a plan for the children of Israel just like he has a plan for us. Genesis chapter 15, beginning at verse 13, the Bible says, And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for 400 years. Verse 14, it goes on and it says, And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. The Lord said, hey, look, there's going to be a come a time where uh, my people, they're going to be slaves. They're going to be in a land to strangers, and yeah, they're going to be afflicted by these people. But check this. It's not going to last forever. He said 400 years. It was 430 years. It's not going to last forever. Not only is it not going to last forever, but at the end of it, verse 14 says there's going to be great substance. So however they went in, when they got out, it was better than when they went in. That's us. It doesn't matter how you were when you were in bondage. It doesn't matter how you were before you believed this thing like you do now. On this side of it, you know that your life is much better on this side of it than it was on the other side of this thing. Before he split the seas and you were able to walk through and your fears were drowned, you know that on this side of it, I'm much better off. I've got great substance because, not because I have great fear, but I've got great substance because I've got great faith. I've got great faith. My faith, it dominates my fear now. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that sometimes, you know, I'm not a little shaky because, again, it, uh, is this what you want me to do, Lord? Is this the plan? Am I on the right path? We're not saying that. But what I'm saying is you, your faith dominates that, that fear, that, that trust in that, that God's got you, that God's got you, that, yeah, I am not a slave to my fear. I'm not a slave to uh, my doubt. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, you know, I've been saying that, that, that it's, it's the lies of the world and, and the naysayers and the, the lies of the enemy and the adversary, but, but, but sometimes it's our own words to our own self. <laughs> we can be self-defeatist to our own purpose and our own plan. We can, we can, we can, we can talk ourselves out of victory with the best of them. We can talk ourselves out of authority and, and out of dominion with the best of them. 
Adam and Eve, they had authority. They have dominion. They talked themselves out of it. Back in Genesis chapter 2, they talked themselves out of it. Because he did say, hey, look, you, you're surely you're going to die. You're surely going to die. And that subtle serpent we know, he said, oh, you're not going to surely die. Oh, I'm not. See, that's where they messed up. You need to ask no questions. You already had the words. Sometimes we don't need to ask any questions. We already know the answers. You start to mess up when we ask a question. Are you sure? Don't ask the question because you know the truth. Right? So sometimes we can talk ourselves, right? We can, we can, we can talk our, our, ourselves out of, out of victory, right? We can talk ourselves right out of it. And, you know, it's because we're human. We're not bad people. We're not bad people. We're good people. Looking across this room, I don't see any bad people. I see good people. I, I, I see fighters, right? I see fighters. I see, I see faithful. That's what I see as I look across, as I look across the room. I tell you what, I, 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 see, I see some people I've never seen before. And I look across the room, I, I see smiling faces. And that's what hope looks like. You may not have known him before, but someone who's smiling, yeah, that's because that's there's hope. Right? That's hope. Right? That's, the, that's, that, that's, that's hope. No matter how bad life gets, no matter how downtrodden we may be, right? No matter how long the length of our captivity, at the Lord's appointed time, the cry of the called and of the chosen is no longer slaves. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about getting to the place in our minds where we realize, we, we declare it, I am not a slave. I am indeed free. I'm not in bondage. To my fear. I'm not in bondage to my circumstance. I'm not in the bondage to the thought of, are we there yet? What a question, right? Are we, are we there yet? Don't worry about are we there yet. Just enjoy the fact that you're here right now. Where you are, there's value in, in where you are. There's value in where you are. Don't worry about the, the place you're supposed to get to. Sometimes we just got to be happy to be where we are. Sometimes we just got to be glad to be standing in the place and in the position that we are. Sometimes I got to stop looking, right, beyond my present and just accept that God is keeping me in the present. Even if we were to feel, even if we were to feel trapped, trapped in our presence, right? Even if we were to feel trapped in our presence, remember that whenever it is that we do come out of it, it's been promised greater substance. So even if I have to wait a little bit longer than I wanted, than I anticipated, than I ex expected, it's still going to be greater than anything that I could have imagined, we, we don't even know what it means. What, what does that mean, the, the land of, of milk and honey? I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be better than what I have here. I don't have no milk and honey right now. So the fact that I don't have means that when I get it, I'm going to rejoice in that thing because it's going to be better than what I have now. And that's God's promise to you. It's going to be better when you do get there. Stop asking. When am I going to get there? Just know that, hey, when you do get there, 
act a little glad that you got there. Act a little happy that you're living in it. Because here's what happens, you know, we, we get there, right, and we, we, we settle. We settle there. And then that becomes to be familiar to us. And then when it begins to become familiar to us, then that place could kind of be bondage to us. And then, what, then we're looking for the next thing that God has for us. Because he's always got something else. He's always got something else. He's always got something more. So uh, at his appointed time, our cry is in the end. He, he reveals his plan for us, right? Our, our cry is no longer slaves, all right? We, the song we sing is, is a song of freedom because he is indeed the God of our deliverance. The enslavement of the children of Israel happens slowly like it does for us. Their enslavement happened slowly over a period of time as evil forces exerted more and more power in their lives. Through time and circumstance, the enemy slowly took away their rights. And by the time the Israelites realized what had happened to them, they were entrenched in bondage. It happened similarly to us. Hope seemed millions of miles away. Everything that happened to them is a perfect example of, of, of how many people find himself in, in spiritual slavery, how people might even uh, take that first step not towards God, not towards the altar of sacrifice, but towards uh, a, a backslidden mind state or, or a backslidden mindset, just the, the compromise of saying, the compromise of uh, appreciating, the compromise of, of appreciating enslavement. The compromise of of, of uh, appreciation appreciating what 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 we left even though we know that it wasn't better but it's lies right it's 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 tricks the devil tries to chip away at our conscious conscience and eliminate small so that we will eliminate small disciplines in our lives we we say things um like ah this isn't so bad or 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 or, or or this sin won't hurt me, or, you know, this isn't as bad as other, as, as, as other sin. This sin isn't as bad as other sin, but it, it's all lies. It's all to confuse. It's all to confound. And so what happens, that spirit of compromise grabs a hold of us, and eventually through gradual regression, right, that's how we get back, right, that's how we get back into enslavement. That's how we get back to captivity over a period of time, right? Over a period of time, life kind of chips away at us. Life chips away at us, and then we regress. We regress, but, but, but I'm looking across the room, and I, I see brothers, I see sisters, and I just I want to tell you that's not a mistake that we can afford to make today, to start letting life just chip away at us. And as we move back uh, and we regress back, we talked about taking those steps. Take those steps towards, towards your faith. Right? Every step that we take, it's what? It's significant. There's value. Right? There's value to it. The moment we stop walking with the Lord, right? the moment we stop walking with the Lord is the moment that bondage begins. When we aren't walking with the Lord, we're, wherever we go is captivity. Whenever we stop walking with the Lord, wherever we go is captivity. Wherever we go, if we're not walking with the Lord, that's our spiritual prison. It's fair to say that, as I look across the room, or as I look across the room, it's fair to say that, that, that few, if any of us, have experienced 
literal slavery, right? But many of us have indeed experienced uh, spiritual, emotional, or uh, psychological slavery. Many of us have experienced trauma through circumstances of life or, or just the wickedness of humanity, all right? And we've been less left, yeah, tortured by doubt. Yeah, and, and the fear was real. The fear was real, but again, it didn't come from the Lord. All right. All this have committed such great sin that some of us in this room, you know, whatever we did, we just we're, we just feel such guilt and 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 con and self condemnation. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the the thing that that plagues our mind. It, it, it doesn't matter because God can deliver us from it. There's there's nothing too big. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing too challenging for him. The the the, the length of your of your hmm, captivity is not too great for him. All right. It's not too great for him. You know, in this room, our testimonies, right, our testimonies in this room are so great. Well, look, don't, don't, don't shy away from that testimony. Your testimony is powerful. Your testimony is powerful. Don't, don't shy away from it. Use that. You, you, we've talked about it before. Like, your testimony encourages others. The fact that people can, 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 understand and know and see what you what what you, what you've been through what what you've overcome it, it may be your story that that enables someone to to allow faith right to supersede that fear don't shy away don't shy away from your story from your testimony many of us in in this room you know we are familiar with the story of Moses not maybe every intricate detail but you know we we know parts of the of the story of Moses and, you know, he had a very interesting life, you know, from, from being drawn out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter, but he went on to live, you know, in the house of Pharaoh, right, as a prince, right, you're familiar with the story at, at a point at, at 40 years old, he actually, he had to leave, right, he saw one of his fellow brethren, a, a, a Hebrew was getting, um, was getting mistreated, Right, by an Egyptian, and he killed that Egyptian, and, and he actually had to, he had to leave. He had to leave. He fled. Right? He fled, and, and that's how the Lord was able to, to add to his story. So he left for 40 years. Right? Uh, he left at 40, and for 40 years he was gone right, in Midian, right, making a life for himself. And then the Lord calls him to do a work. The Lord calls him to return to Egypt. To lead the children of Israel out of out of Egypt, and we'll get more, we'll get more into that again in the next few weeks as we talk about the the God of deliverance, right? As we talk about the God of deliverance, right? But as because we'll go kind of we'll go back and forth from the enslavement, and we'll follow them along their journey, along their journey, um, along the journey. We do know from captivity to the promised land. And I won't get bogged down here really with the, the 10 plagues. I did want to, you know, I'm not. We're gonna, we're gonna hit them. We're gonna hit the, we're gonna hit the 10 plagues or, or test of Egypt. We're gonna hit those as we go through. And we are, we're gonna hit some more of the law. We're gonna hit the, the, the 10 commandments. But for specifically what I would like to say Regarding, regarding the ten plagues or the the ten, the ten tests of 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 the children of Israel is that God desires right and wants us to be free. 
right? He does. He he does. He told us in 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 Genesis 15, right? He said, "Hey, you're going to be captive 400 years, but yeah, it won't last forever." So he desires for us to be free. Uh, there's no limit. There's no limit to what God will do to secure your freedom. Right? There's no limit. And really, and once we once we once we start once we uh, delve into the and it's of course time's getting away from me. Once we delve into the ten plagues, you'll you'll really see that there's nothing that God won't do to to set you free. Right? There there's nothing that God won't do to secure your liberty. Right? There's nothing. If if you're praying for it, if you're praying, just hold on. Right? If you're working towards it, just keep working. God, you're not working on your own. You're not working by yourself. God, he's working on your behalf. And there's nothing that he won't do to secure your freedom. All right? There's nothing that he won't do. Just keep, keep that here. All right? um, along their journey, along their journey the, the Lord gave the children of Israel, he gave them the laws. All right? And the first laws he gave them were, we know them as the, the Ten Commandments. And I'm not going to stay here. But if you want to look at it, Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 17, right, it's where you're going to find them. So Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 17, right, thou shalt have no other gods before me. One, thou shalt not make any graven image. Two, thou shalt not take the name or carry the name of the Lord in vain. Three, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Five, honor thy mother and thy father. Six, thou shalt not kill. Seven, thou shalt not commit. Adultery, eight, thou shalt not steal. Nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And ten, thou shalt not covet, covet thy neighbor's house. Those are the first ten. Right, there's a lot of them. All right, 613. All right. And we're going to look at those a little bit. All right. I kind of needed to just, I, I need to throw it because, you know, we've been talking uh, really a little bit here about the law. I, I've been in the Old Testament, right, talking about the law, but at some time we got, because we're not under the law, so we need to get to where I've been. I kind of been sprinkling it in a little bit, talking about truth and grace, but I, I need to get to it officially here, so y'all know that I took good notes, right? So we got. I, I want us to get to it, understanding that you know uh, the laws were the laws were good and the laws served their purpose, but continually the children of Israel were not able to to follow the laws. Continually they disregarded the laws time and and time again. The, the law didn't have the, the, the teeth that it needed. Um, God's people were not able to you know, stay true to it. So we moved away from the law into grace. But the, laws weren't, the law was not given so that God could have control, or control over the children of Israel. Rather, the law was given so that uh, God could ensure that they wouldn't return back to slavery. But again, not bad people, they're just human. So the purpose that God provided the law, it, it, it didn't work because we're human. And we fight against every rule. <laughs> we, we fight against instruction. We, we fight against destruction, even when uh, instruction and direction, even when it's for our good. I know I got two and a half people that can testify to that. Even when it's for our good, we fight against it. Even when the instruction is going to be a blessing to us, we fight against it. We resist it. Why? Because we're human. We're not bad people. We're just human. We're just human. When God frees our mind, though, we are free indeed. So those lies, the naysayers that confuse us, they can't, they can't last, right? If, if we don't allow it, 
If we don't allow it, we won't be moved back to captivity. If we don't allow it, we won't be moved back to captivity. The deliverance that Jesus offered through his death on the cross was greater than anything Moses ever did. All right, Moses led the people right, to the promised land right, of the Lord. He, was a, he wasn't the Messiah. He was a type of the Messiah. He was a deliverer in his own right. And that's how Jesus set it up. That's how God set it up for him. But he wasn't, he, he couldn't do what God did. What God did is greater than anything that Moses did. That's why we don't look, right, or we live under the law. We don't look to the Mosaic laws for salvation. Because Jesus offered a more complete salvation. Right? John 1 and 7 says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth, it came by Jesus. Right, the law was not sufficient enough to keep us out of slavery like grace and truth can. The grace offers his unmerited favor. Although we may deserve slavery, right, God gives us the opportunity to be free. Both truth and grace that Jesus offers are freely available to us. Every single one of us. Right, it's freely available to every single one of us. But it's not the availability right, of the grace but it's our willingness to accept what God is freely offering. Say it again. It sounded good to me. I'll say it again. It's not the availability of God's grace. That's the problem. It's our willingness to accept this gift he's freely offering. And I know you guys are smart people. I, I'm looking at I see smart people in here. And we know that repetition is the key to retention. So I just feel like I should say it one more time. See, the problem today with us is not the availability of God's grace. The problem is our willingness, right? Our willingness to accept that free gift that's being offered. So you let that marinate for a little bit. And at some point, at some point, it'll, it'll click. What was that? What was he saying up there, that bald brother? Today I'm balding because I didn't, you know, I was lazy. I got the George Jefferson going on. It's, you know, it's not a good look. Matt, is it too shiny on the camera? I don't, this is, you know, I don't like it. So that's to say today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> even as we move out of Sunday school, even as we move out of Sunday school, and, and we're going to our worship service. And I already said, I, I've been to a lot of services here at Living Hope. I know what's about to happen here in a few minutes. I know what's about to happen. It's going to start when our kids come up here and begin to worship. I already know. There's some people here you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna start to um, appreciate what's available in the house. You're going to start to appreciate what God is, is, is just dangling over you. You're going to begin to appreciate the free gift that you know is just, is just right there for the taking. And the decision is going to be yours. The choice is going to be before you. Am I going to take the step towards it? Am I going to take a step towards my freedom? Am I going to take a step towards this altar of, of sacrifice? Am I, going to, am I going to follow, not my plan, but remember, it's God's plan. Your freedom is not your plan. Your freedom is God's plan. It's what he always, it's what he always intended for you. It's, all, it's what he always intended for you. He never intended for you to be, for you to be stuck. He never intended for you to be stuck. If we look at the Pharisee Nicodemus, you know, he was a, he was a man of God, but he, he only understood one thing. He understood the laws. 
He didn't understand the grace and the truth of Jesus. We know, we know that one night he met with Jesus in, in John 3. And we'll read John 3, 3 through 5 really quickly as, as I'm coming to a close here. But because he was stuck, he knew that Jesus, he knew that Jesus was a teacher because of the law. But he didn't understand that Jesus was more than just a teacher. He didn't understand that the grace and truth that he needed was in the one who he's talking to right now. In, 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 in the image of Christ Jesus. He said in verse 3 of John uh, chapter 3, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, and, and Nicodemus, correction, said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into the womb and be born? We know Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's just another step. Everything's another step. So where you are right now, if we're missing steps, if we're missing repentance, if we're missing baptism, if we're missing the infilling of the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues, we got another step to take. Because until all the steps are fulfilled, we're still in bondage. We're still in prison. We're still enslaved. And that's not what God intends for us. You can stand this morning as I am coming to a close. Now, John 3, beginning at verse 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17 goes on to say, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that uh, through the, but the world through him might be saved. Jesus did not come to bring death. I'm sorry. Jesus had not come to bring death. Jesus had not come to condemn. Jesus had come, had not come to keep people in slavery, but Jesus had come to bring freedom and life. Each of us has an opportunity today to choose Jesus and the life right, that he offers. It's readily available. No longer must we be slaves to our situations and our circumstances. We can respond today and start the journey one step at a time, right, to receiving all that God desires for us. But the impetus is on us to respond. We have to make the decision. We have to make the choice because we know God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on us. He's offering grace. He's offering truth. We just have to walk into it. We have to accept it and receive it. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for direction. I'm always going to thank you for instruction, Lord God. I thank you for the people, everyone who's gathered in this room today, Lord God, in the entire building, in the in in the sanctuary, Lord God, in the Sunday school rooms, in the youth, everybody, Lord God, who's here today is going to be a part of this service, Lord God. It's it's not by accident or, or chance, Lord God, but but truly, Lord God, you have spoken specifically to this day, Lord God. You've spoken specifically to this ministry, Lord God. You've spoken specifically to the man of God. You've spoken specifically, Lord God, to this house, Lord God. And today is a great day, Lord God, not because we make it so, but because you make it so, Lord God. But we, Lord God, I pray that we follow your plan today, Lord Jesus. I pray that we follow your order today, Lord Jesus. I pray that we follow your lead today, Lord Jesus. And as you move, Lord God, we follow today, Lord Jesus. My prayer today, Lord God, is that as you lead us today, Lord Jesus, we'll follow you, Lord God. We'll take every step that we need to take, Lord God, until we're standing right beside you, God, walking with you, Lord God, walking with you in freedom, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're going to walk in freedom today, Lord, if you've got a made up mind, church, to walk in freedom, why don't you clap your hands onto the Lord this morning as we open the doors and we're going to move into...
our worship service today.